This is The Shift Podcast. Today on The Shift Daily Podcast, playing video games for a living might not be as easy as it sounds. Handy Andy Barrar dives into how this industry is a hive for burnout. He has advice for streamers, their parents, and how to improve your work-life balance. And award season is around the corner, and that means there are amazing movies to watch. Steve reviews The Power of the Dog, a movie that's generating Oscar buzz, and we'll dig into more movies, including a documentary about Brian Wilson, the legendary frontman of The Beat. Boys, and what's your top song of the year? We chat about our Spotify wrapped stats, our biggest songs, the stories behind them, and more. This is the Shift Podcast. Good morning, it's The Shift. I'm Scott Schantz filling in for Shane, uh, who is taking some very well-deserved time off. Uh, I understand he's probably halfway through a bottle of whiskey right now, as he should be. And I'm excited for this next segment because we are going to talk music, which is such an integral part of all of our lives. I think that uh, music is the closest thing to magic the world has ever seen. That's a quote from Tom Petty, who's one of my most favorite artists. It just has this way of, like, making things... uh, better than they are and communicating things that can't otherwise be communicated. So the reason we're going to get into this is because uh, Spotify has wrapped up the year. So Spotify, the online streaming platform, if you use it, you likely know that at the end of the year, they give you all these statistics and stuff about uh, how how much you listened, what songs you listen to, what your top songs are. People are posting their, it's called their wrapped, they're posting it all over their Facebooks, Instagrams, Twitters, that type of thing. And it's cool to see uh, what people have listened to. And it's cool for me to go back and see what my top songs of the year are because it brings back uh, so many memories and so many feelings that music does and and that it's tied to. So we're going to share some of this stuff and talk about it. And uh, okay, so my first song, this is my number one song of the year, you guys. And one of my favorite things about music is discovering uh, new stuff. You think you've discovered a genre that you like, and then you hear something and it's totally different and it breaks ground and it speaks to you in a way that you didn't. I- I'm rambling on. So I discovered this band this year. Uh, they're called Gang of Youths. They're from Australia. They're young. They're sort of like um, indie rock uh, with some strings and some horns built in. But they're very... Um, I I dare say, like, positive, like, they're not overly positive. They're part of this, the new sincere. They're they're against irony. They're against cynicism. And uh, they just talk about about living life to the full. So they have a song called Say Yes to Life. And uh, before I play a clip of it, I'll tell you a little story. So uh, as you guys know, uh, I have a one-year-old daughter, and she was born you know, in 2020 at the very end of 2020 and going into 2021 for a lot of us, it hasn't been the greatest year. There's been a lot of, uh, financial difficulty. A ton of people lost their jobs. Um, it's been hard and there's been a lot of cynicism and negativity and all of that type of stuff. And gang of youths released this song, say yes to life. Uh, here's a clip. Say yes to pain. Say yes to sticking with 
And I just, I just, those lyrics, I, I want to read them because they're so meaningful. He sings, say yes to sun, say yes to pain, say yes to sticking with the city through a thousand days of rain, say yes to grace, say no to spite, say yes to this, say yes to you, say yes to me, say yes to love, say yes to life. And the reason that this song has resonated with me is my daughter was born and we went into this dark time, you know, this time of cynicism and negativity and uh, I guess a bleak outlook for for a lot of people. And I was thinking about my daughter growing up in a world like that and what she was going to have to tackle and is this the life that she's going to know and is she going to be bogged down by it and drained and I just I I wanted this song to be from me to her that I want her to say yes to life and to say yes to pain and to say yes to sticking it out and to and to to living you know like this is the life that we have and this is why I'm so glad to like be able to be a part of the shift with you guys Shane talks about this all the time it, it it's your life and you have a chance to make it what you want. And those lyrics really speak to me that way. So yeah, that's, that's like the song that I listen to more than anything. And in the midst of like some darkness and some, some rough times and some negativity about the future, it made me really feel happy about what's coming that no matter what comes, you can say yes to it and say no to spite and, and embrace life. So that's really cool. That was kind of like my hope for, for my daughters. Uh, and then the other song that I have from my playlist is going to be a little bit of a lane change. So I'm like super happy, right? That I'm like inspired for my daughters and like, Hey, say yes to life. This is so great. So our, our, you might be familiar with a band called Sigur Ross. Do you guys know Sigur Ross? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ryan yeah. and Brendan are nodding along. They're like an experimental yep. Icelandic band. Uh, the lead singer and his partner uh, have released a solo album. It's older, but I keep going back to it. Uh, this is a song off their albums, Jonesy and Alex, and uh, the song is called Atlas Song. And, and, and that's it. And it's an eight-minute song, and it sounds like that. And the whole album sounds like that. And I listen to it so much, you guys. And the reason why is because I have two daughters and my house is chaos. You have no idea. And I get up in the morning <laughs> and like do, I do the total dad thing where I get up before the family so I can like have my coffee in peace and quiet. I can't believe I do that, but I do. And I put that record on and listen to that song and <laughs> the world is just at peace. So in one, in one sense, I'm like, want, I want to rock out and like believe the best for my daughters. And I do. And I'm so excited and inspired about their future. And then in the next song, I'm like, I need to put this record on and take a break from the, the craziness that is my children. So those are two of my tops. There's a lot of indie rock stuff on mine as well. Uh, Donovan Woods, who's a Toronto local, put out a fantastic album this year. I listen to that a lot. I listen to the new Eric Church stuff. Uh, that's kind of my my year in music. What about you guys? Sweet. Well, first off, I'm curious what everybody's top song is. Like listening right now. If even if you don't have Spotify, please text us and tell us what 
the song of 2021 was for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great um, point. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. 877-399-9898. Text us and tell us what your best song of the year is. So my song of the year, it, the, the song I listened to the most was a surprise. It was Michael Jackson's uh, Off the Wall, which is my favorite Michael Jackson song. And it was just a really fun song. I listened to it 73 times this year. Uh, but I, I was actually really surprised that it was number one because I only really listened to it for like the first two months, which means I essentially binged that song so much that it broke the statistics. Um, so the song that I'm actually going to start with is the second song on my list. And I know that, uh, Scott, you're going to find this one interesting. Okay. So, uh, when I moved to my first ever apartment, uh, in Kensington, I, I wanted to have fun, you know, I wanted to have fun in the area and, uh, I wanted to kind of like invoke like what my dad always told me would, it would be like when you first moved out. And I find it really interesting that my dad's favorite band sneaked into my music and I discovered that I really, really, really like early, early U2. This was my second most listened to song of the year, and I'd say probably my favorite song of the year. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think I Will Follow hits incredibly. This opening drum bit and the introduction to U2's style of guitar playing oh. and everything, it's masterful. This, and and it, it fits well in the video games I was playing, so... Imagine me, we talk about all the times I go for coffee, pretty much the entire spring. This song is playing on my headphones as I leave the house, and it's like kind of peppy, even though the song itself is kind of sad. Uh, I love this song. It makes me think of my dad, makes me think of where I live now. It's cool. Yeah, man. And early yeah. you too. I you're, like you're definitely you're definitely hitting me like yeah. I mean I'm a huge U2 fan and uh, yeah, I mean they have their music is the soundtrack of my life. That's so great. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's cool. And uh, isn't so it the awesome? Second... How sorry, I'm totally interrupting you. Right, no, I just like I'm going, so no, passionate no, about hear. music. I just want to. Isn't it awesome how music can do that? Right? Isn't that mm-hmm. the best thing? How it like yep. ties you to a person and to a time and to like an idea that, and then you're like, oh, this is my dad's genre, but he taught me about this thing. And now I'm doing that thing and this music comes on and it just all comes together. It's just amazing. It it's cool. eh? Okay. Keep going. Uh, keep going. I love now, I'm so loving this. The, now my most listened to artists are the Smiths. They're my favorite band, hundred percent. Uh, in number four, uh, my most listened to Smith song this year was my favorite Smith song, which is still ill. Uh, but this year I discovered a new band that I have fallen deeply in love with. And one of the themes of my entire, like once I moved here, I wanted to get comfortable and I decided a re I found throughout the year that one of the ways I get comfortable in my home is reading comic books. And when I'm reading my comics, I need good music to read to. So I'd like you to just hear the opening bit of this song and imagine you're me in bed reading a Batman comic book and tell me that it doesn't just fit perfectly for like a nice chill night. This song is called Show Me How by a band called Men I Trust who are from Montreal. Uh, I discovered them on just a random uh, radio app out of nowhere. I never heard of them. I heard this song and it was one of those things where you hear a song and you go, wait a minute, I really like that. I'm going to repeat it. 
and then you find yourself listening to the song 30 times in a in a, in a day is it called uh, men i trust is that what you said men i trust that's the name it. of the band it's groovy uh, it's so groovy and they put out a new album this year too which i was able to listen to so it was cool a really nice way of kind of discovering some new music uh now third song is a little bit different so one of the things i've really taken away from this year is is belonging where do i belong is one of the things i've been trying to figure out and uh i found a song that kind of helped me find that and it's interesting because this song the 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 singer is very arrogant uh but he's very stoic in that the thing he wants is to live in a city and i've kind of discovered that and uh i found that via the talking heads and this song This is uh, specifically the alternate version of Big Country, which is probably my favorite Talking Heads song. Uh, This is a song about uh, David Byrne looking at the countryside in a plane and going, listing all the amazing things about the countryside and going, nope, you couldn't pay me to live here. And I kind of identify with that, not in a sense that it's not beautiful. I love the countryside. I love going there. But living downtown, living in this kind of very, I will admit, hipstery neighborhood has really taught me exactly what I want from where I buy my first home someday. Uh, So this song, very much, number, I think number 13 of my most listened to. Uh, And uh, I'll just wrap up my list by uh, a guilty pleasure. (laughs) So um, this was my 10th most listened to song, which I was very surprised at. Uh, and it is also pretty groovy. Just, just hit it, Brendan. <laughs> I I know exactly what this is. I know exactly what this is. Yeah. Now, Genius of Love is one of my favorite songs, and I can remember very vividly finding out that Mariah Carey's song used it, and I was like, ah, sure, I'll listen to it. Here it goes. And then it blew me away. It's a bop, man. This song is How do you so not good. Into this? It's so much fun. And like, number you don't have to feel guilty about liking Mariah. No, She's got more number ones than any song. artist, yeah. man. More number ones than yeah. any artist. Other, I know. I love this song. I'm very happy it made it onto my list because it is a banger. Uh, Ryan, you have excellent taste in music. I would like to tell you that. Thank you, I sir. think I think you, you do. Know. Okay, I am super excited to hear uh, Brendan Kelly's because you picked the music uh, for the show here and. And I can tell that you're a total music guy, oh, and yeah. I can't wait to like talk music with you. We just haven't had a, a chance to yet, but I'm so eager to know what what these top songs of the year are going to be for you. Well, uh, for me, I, I got a little story behind uh, these three. However, I had to throw out my entire top five. I'm just going to say this right now because my entire top five on Spotify was uh, Shift Bumpers. Okay. So, yeah, I had to throw those out. <laughs> I think Justin Timberlake is the most played shift bumper for the year, for those wondering, by the way. Or at least from March on when I took over. So, um, However, music that puts me in my happy place. Uh, 
Okay, I'm kidding. No, Ryan wanted me to play some real gothic stuff because that is me. However, I do like this band. This was in my top ten. It was um, Lebanon Hanover is the name of the band. They sound a lot like uh, Joy Division and that type of stuff, which is what I'm really, I'm into that. Sure. But it wasn't my top. Um, One was a local Vancouver band that released an album this year, and it made me realize that after living here for seven years that Vancouver is finally home because when I went back to Niagara... Um, in the summer where I'm from in Ontario, I was showing everyone, my friends, like, these guys, I saw these guys in concert in Vancouver, and uh, they follow me on Twitter, and I tweet at them, and I've talked to them in person and everything. It's a band uh, called Actors. Um, but I realized when I was there in Niagara that I kept referring to a band back home in Vancouver. So a ah, local cool. Vancouver band, Synth Poppy. They had to do this Duran Duran type totally. sound. Yeah. It's I dig great. It. Yeah, I dig no, it. Big but fan I of them. also like I love that story. Uh I love that story about like how that's when you realized that yeah. that's home. Yeah. You yeah. know? And now I'll always associate this band here with Vancouver. I remember seeing them at the rickshaw a few years ago. And uh, they performed last weekend, I believe, at the rickshaw. I can't remember if it's the rickshaw or the Commodore. I didn't go, but I thought about it. And it would have been my first live concert since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, they are going on tour, though, if anyone wants to see them live across North America. Uh, this next song really harkened back to things like the 2021 election this year in Canada. I was listening to it a lot during that time. And uh, everybody wants to rule the world. Uh, when I really thought about it, you know, we see these politicians on TV, they make us angry all the time. However, the point of the song is everybody wants to rule the world. There's a little part of us, we may not want to rule the whole world, but we want to rule our world. So, yeah, I was relating that to those politicians and trying to humanize them during the 2021 campaign. Everybody wants to rule the world. Even me in a little way. And I, I will say, uh, Brendan, I'm not one to speak in hyperbole. Yeah. But that is one of the best songs ever written. I agree. Ever. Yes. It's in 100%. the top. Like, and I, when I say I'm not one to speak in hyperbole, obviously I'm joking. But I, I really do believe that of like, there are just certain songs that will stand the test of time. And the more you listen to them, the better they get. Like, I've rediscovered Tears for Fears in the last like two years, yeah. and that song, man, oh, I, we're friends now. I mean, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, All right, let's do one more. Okay, one more. This last one is my guilty pleasure in a way. I'm a big fan of singer songwriters from like the '80s and '90s, sort of the alternative ones, like Sinead O'Connor, PJ Harvey, Bjork. This one, Tori Amos came out with a new album in October, which is really funny that this actually made the top 10 because this only came out a month ago, so I was listening to it a lot. Um, the song is called Metal Water Wood, so I listened to it a lot in this last month. So the reason I like this song is this line here. It's all about 
being like water. I listened to her talk about this song about how she was like fire through her entire life. She was tackling all the problems, going at them. Then this pandemic hit, a whole bunch of bad stuff happened in her personal life, and she hit a very low point. But um, it was actually, I think, reading about Bruce Lee and saying how to get through situations like that is instead of being like fire, you've got to be like water. Because water is far more adaptable than fire. Fire just comes in and destroys. Water can adapt to any situation. So I listen to that a lot here in November. And anytime I get down, I'll put it on and be like, you know what? Just be like water. I love it. I feel like I know you guys uh, even just a little bit more after discussing our, our top songs of the year. Music can say so much about you and who you are. This is the Shift Podcast. Thank you very much for listening to The Shift with Shane Hewitt. I'm Scott Schantz, filling in uh, tonight and next week, and it is my pleasure to be here. And uh, are you aware where your kids are? I'm sure they're sleeping right now, Uh, but oftentimes they can be found in the basement gaming, right? That's a big thing for kids these days. And while they're gaming down there, are they actually side hustling and making millions of dollars playing video games? It's possible. You might not have heard of this. There's a streaming platform called Twitch. It allows uh, people playing video games to play online. And there's a huge, huge audience of spectators who like to watch. And of course, that leads to uh, revenue and sponsorships and all type of things. But it turns out that it might not be the healthiest thing for kids to be getting into. Here to help us unpack all of this is uh, our resident gaming and technologies expert, Handy Andy Barrar. Uh, HandyAndyMedia.com is the website. Uh, thanks so much for joining us uh, tonight, Andy. So I guess my first question for the uninitiated here, what is Twitch? Yeah, so this is kind of crazy when you when you think about what Twitch actually is, Scott. So a lot of people are, you know, understand that there's professional gamers out there and these, right. these, these gamers compete at tournaments and they're like the best of the best, the cream of the crop. However, there's an entire other category on this platform called Twitch. And this is where you actually watch other people play video games. Now they're not necessarily professional gamers. They're literally people in their mom's basement who are gaming and have amassed followers from watching right. them game. I know this is hard to to comprehend, well, but this is an actual thing. I think the first time I even heard of Twitch was when like Drake went on Twitch and a whole bunch of people started watching him just play video games, which the, I'll just say the concept for me is so strange. Like I grew up with like n- original Nintendo and Super Nintendo and watching was never fun. We all, it was always like waiting until your brother died so you could have a turn and then like trying to stay alive so you didn't have to give the controller back. But there's an entire, like the, the numbers are staggering. There are millions of people that sign into essentially what is like YouTube of video games and just watch, just watch other people play. Yes, and and. I know older people have a hard time by grasping this, but think about this way, Scott. We love sports. We watch people play sports. And some people could say, well, why don't you just play hockey? Why don't you just play baseball? So it is the kind of thing, the same thing. Now, the thing that we have to understand, Scott, is these players that are playing on Twitch and the other people that are watching them, 
they're like rock stars, okay, of this generation. These people will fly into a city and people will be waiting for them. Like that's the kind of, um, you know, fame that they have. And it's such a very interesting uh, relationship because it's one-sided. You know, they just watch you. You don't really interact with your fans other than maybe right. comments. Right. So you don't really know who your fans are. But I'll tell you what, these Twitch players, they're playing eight to 10 hours a day. They know all about you. Which I found so, so shocking, you know, and it's it's primarily young people, but not exclusively young people that are doing this. But, uh, you know, anyone who says that young people don't have hustle and don't know how to work hard, I mean... Yeah, these numbers are staggering. There was a story in an article that uh, I read that said one, one young woman was working sort of a part time job, living at home with her mom, working a part time job, eating mom's cooking. And then get, when she got home from her day job, she would stream on Twitch for eight to 12 hours a night, sleep for an hour and then get up and do the whole thing again. Yes. And that's the thing about Twitch. And this is what makes, you know, this, this like making money by playing video games, this whole industry. Interesting. The more you do it, the more time you spend, the more followers you get, the more interactions you get, which could lead to more subscribers and potential sponsorship and merchandise deals. So it is really a grind, Scott. You got it right. These aren't like rock stars who go out partying. These people are incredible workers. They're working eight to 10 hours live streaming. Like that is quite remarkable. And they do this day in, day out. Totally. And you made the sports comparison, which actually like, I'll say you got me, you got me on that, right? Like I, I'm terrible at playing hockey, but I'll watch hours of it a day. And that we all know the, the aspiring young athlete in our life, no matter what sport it is, who grinds, who goes out on the basketball court for, you know, hours a day after school until the sun sets or whatever, practicing their craft in hopes that they'll, that they'll make it. So I guess it's kind of the same, but it, yeah, it's so shocking because I feel like, and maybe this is just where we're at as a culture, but sports has just become part of the common vernacular, you know? And like I said, many, like the first time I heard a Twitch was when, you know, a, a celebrity used it. And then you hear that some of these kids, kids like in their early 20s are making like 10 million dollars a yes. year playing video games so that money yes. comes from sponsorships yeah it comes from sponsorships they could also start uh, merchandise they could have different types of deals with with brands so it, it, basically they have garnered this audience online and people are very very loyal and they want to watch them the problem with a lot of these especially the the top ones because here's an interesting stat scott the top 1% of Twitch players make over half of the revenue. So when wow. you're the creme de la creme, you're, you're making bank. The problem is you can't ever take, even there was this one guy, he took two days off just to go travel to a tournament and he lost 40,000 subscribers just oh because my. he was logged off for two days. So it, it is, it's a slippery slope because once you start to gain traction and you start building a following, you can't stop because if you stop, you'll lose it. And so what, do you, what you're finding is a lot of these streamers, which thinks like it looks like a, day, a, a dream job for anybody. I, totally. get to, I get paid to play video games. But what if I told you you could get paid to play video games? You just can't stop playing. Yeah. You, just have, you don't have no life. That's all you do. Eight you know, to 10 hours a day. I guess it's kind of like like anything, right? We all have these these dream jobs, you know. I've I've often said, oh, the, it would be like a race car driver or, or like a person who gets to test like high performance automobiles. And then you talk to people who do that, and they say, you know what? It just becomes a job like anything else when you have to do it. 
Yes. Yes. It's uh, it's that, that, that thing that you did something as a hobby. And as soon as you start getting paid, and this is what's interesting is because it becomes a hobby that becomes the job. So now your job is your hobby and your personality becomes your brand, but then your brand is your personality. So right. you really can't ever leave. Like this is something you can't unplug. Otherwise you don't make money. So these people are working incredibly hard. But what you're finding, these are young people who are burning out, like straight out burnout. Because, you know, if you work a typical nine to five, you, you can go home, you can sit on the couch and you watch TV. See your friends. These people, yeah, they can't do that because even when they stop live streaming, what do you think they're doing? They're checking their social media accounts. They're looking for brand partnerships. They're, they're, they're never logged off. And it is... It's funny because it, it does on the surface seem like a dream job. Totally. But when you think about it, it's kind of a nightmare. It's, you know, <laughs> one of the comparisons that I read that I actually thought hit the nail right on the head, really, really summed it up was, you know, there's these people who are in the public eye, like, I mean, Justin Bieber, you know, he just did the Tim Biebs thing. And it's so it's so out there. And you look at the mistakes that he made when he was a young man. And thankfully, he's gro he's grown up a lot, you know. But the number of people that were around to sort of guide him through fame at a young age, you know, management and agents and all that type of stuff. I mean, it didn't it didn't prevent everything, but there was a whole team of people like helping him curate his success. Whereas to your point earlier, these guys are doing it in their mom's basement on their own, managing their own social media. And then you have, I mean, I can see it. Like, I don't know what I would do with an audience of, of that many, you know, and you have, you take a 20 year old or even younger who has not yet, maybe not figured out all of the, I mean, I didn't know anything when I was 20, hasn't figured out all the ins and outs of the world. And then you give them all this like influence and control and power and money. And like, wow, it's just, it's overwhelming. It, it is a slippery slope. And you know what the, the funny thing is, Scott, I don't think a lot of these parents who, whether kids are like, oh, he's just gaming downstairs. They might not even know that their son or daughter has this huge online following, has this complete identity, might even have a separate bank account from all the sponsorship money that they're making. The parents might not even know about this. And it's, it's kind of scary when you think about it. You can have no, a separate totally. identity and nobody even knows about it. Well, and I think like when I was a kid, I, like I had the Game Boy, right? And my parents were like, oh, whatever. He's just playing video games. We don't even know. Like they weren't aware, you know, I was playing Tetris or Kirby or whatever, and they were like, oh, he's just playing video games. They don't even know. And I can totally see what you're talking about. You know, like my kids are five years old and a year old. And I can't imagine, you know, right. It's hard for me to get my head around Twitch. And I'd shudder to think in 10 years when they're, you know, teenagers and whatever the thing is that they're doing, I can, I totally see that. So I guess like what advice would you have for parents or for kids who are thinking of, of trying to do the Twitch money-making streaming thing? Uh, my advice is go outside because <laughs> if you go on Twitch and you start making, you know, you start making that progress, you can't, you can't, you have to have that work-life balance. Unfortunately, if you have work-life balance, you're not going to be, you're not going to succeed on Twitch because right. there's someone else who's grinding longer than you, who's posting more videos. And, you know, you'll see people who start on YouTube and then they say, you know what, I see more opportunity on Twitch. So then they'll migrate their entire audience onto Twitch. So it's really hard. If you ask the average five-year-old these days, if you, if you ask them the eighties, what do you want to be when you grew up? They'd be like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a firefighter. You ask kids today, a five-year-old, you might even ask your five-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? They might say, I want to be a YouTuber or I want to be a game streamer on Twitch. Man, I've definitely, not from my five-year-old, but from like some people in the circle, I've definitely heard YouTuber. I haven't heard 
uh, gamer on Twitch yet, but now I'm like, I'm going to be worried. I'm going to, I'm going to feel like the pang in my stomach the first time I hear that. So, I mean, very, very revealing stuff, this whole thing, Twitch. So the next time you hear somebody talking about it, uh, just know that they may be one of these secret millionaires and have uh, throngs of people showing up. I mean, not secret millionaires, but, you know, wealthy kids or have people following them around at airports and stuff, because I mean, I, maybe just because we don't get it doesn't mean it's not a thing. Right. And, and I encourage the listeners out there who never heard of Twitch, just go on twitch.com. And just start, just click on a live stream and watch these things, like these kids like, play. Maybe it's, tell it's me this, crazy. Andy, like what, what games are they playing? Like I, I'm, I'm so out of the video game thing. Like, are, is it Fortnite? Is it like Warcraft? What is it? It's Fortnite, Warcraft. Um, it can be Minecraft as well, okay, which is yeah. very popular. So pretty much any of the big popular games, you're going to find a, a Twitch audience for that. For me, I was really big into the NHL hockey series. You know, okay. I played it. From like when it first came out in 1992, and then I retired about three years ago. All right, it just got it just got too crazy. And you, so and I had you played to, on Twitch. I never played on Twitch. No. Okay, just because I, it. I used to play with my friends, and you know, you'd be like that one guy who's really good, and then you go online and you realize that you're not that good. That there's right. people way better. Totally. So my, my ego, my ego got hurt. So I had to retire to to you know preserve my my self identity basically. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much uh, for like helping unpack this this crazy thing, Twitch video game streaming that unfortunately is having some negative consequences for kids. But man, it's a it's a huge industry out there. Uh, Handy Andy, Handy Andy Media is your website. That's right. And I do have a YouTube channel, but I will uh, not okay. burn out because I don't <laughs> post every day. But you can awesome. go and find that on my website, Handy Andy Media to the Handy Andy YouTube channel. Yeah, don't burn yourself out, Andy. We need you back here. I will. Trust me. This is the Shift Podcast. I'm very excited for this because I love movies and I love to debate and discuss all things movies. Uh, So we're going to talk movies with Steve Stebbing. And we're going to have some fun music to do it with. Nice to meet you, Steve. How's it going? Nice to meet you, too. I'm excited for this, too, because uh, Ryan told me that you're a movie guy. So I'm like, oh, I get to let my movie freak flag fly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I I have been sharing like so, so much of my life right now is uh, influ- influenced by my two young daughters. So okay. like watching a movie like it took us uh it, it took us longer than it should have to get through uh, No Time to Die. Like, it took us two nights, right? We had to, like, watch <laughs> half of it and right. then go to bed and then watch the... That's kind of how we're... But we're still getting through stuff, you know? Right. So, but I'm I'm super excited about this because, you know, award season is right around mm. the corner and all of this stuff, like, every year, it's my goal to see all of the nominated best picture movies. You know, I want to know what makes them worthy and what gets them in mm-hmm. there and stuff. And the first movie on your list here, I'm I'm hearing such great things about The Power of the Dog. Open up the gate, let him out. You sure he's not ready? Go on, let him out. It's just a man, Peter. Only another man. <laughs> Man was made by patience and the odds against him. For what kind of man would I be if I did not help my mother? Peter! Sounds good. Yes. And uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, I mean, this might be 
the performance of his career. He's so great in this one. He's got such um, menacing gravitas in this one because he is just an angry and and uh, lashing out individual in this one, and he plays it so well. Uh, but I mean, Kristen Dunst also uh, turns in a really good performance in this. Uh, Jesse Plemons uh, and Who, uh, Cody like- Smith McPhee. Jesse Plemons, is, I think, is the most underrated actor out there. Yeah. He is so good, and he's in so much stuff, you know, and just has Absolutely. this, like, subtle way of nailing everything that he's in. And, I, like, every single person is like, is that the kid from Breaking Bad? Like, that, that's that's how everybody knows him. But, Absolutely. you know, he's been in so many movies. It's just yes. fantastic. But you mentioned, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch, who has mm-hmm. this massive role. That that. That's the thing. Is he going to get an Oscar nomination for this? You think so? Hey, I I think it, it it's it's not like a shoe in because award season of the last two years has been really weird uh, due to obvious circumstances. Um, so there are like dark horses everywhere that kind of nudge people out of the way when it comes to those those five nominations when it comes to the Oscars. But I, I think Benedict has a chance. Like, I, I feel like he's kind of my lock this year. Uh, Joaquin for Come On, Come On, I think is a lock as well this year. Um, there's certain ones that they just kind of rise above and you're like, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be remembering that one in a few months. You yeah. Know? I mean, the thing, the things I keep hearing about, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but Benedict Cumberbatch in this, which just looks so good. And then Will mm-hmm. Smith for King Richard. Yeah. And he, Will Smith is really good in that one. And I, I mean, you know, Oscar is a sucker for biopics yeah. and, and, and real people being played by big actors, but I think Will Smith lands the King Richard like he lands that one quite well. And it's kind of like a great win for him because it hasn't been great for him over maybe totally. a decade. Totally. Yeah. It's like his his return. He's got this autobiography mm-hmm. and this and everything, you know. Yeah, he's definitely profile right now. OK, I'm super excited. Uh, next up on the list, Wolf. They say the wolf and the wildcat are natural enemies. But they're wrong. How long have you been here? Since I can remember. I'm putting you out of your misery. We call him the zookeeper. Keep clear of him. Ever think of running away? Only one person ever did. Okay, tell me about Wolf. Yes, this movie is one of those deliciously nuanced little weird dramas. But uh, George McKay, who I think is part of that next class of A-list actors in the next five, ten years. And now, quick um, sidebar, I've heard he's in the talks to play James Bond. I'm totally into that. Like, honestly, like there are actors from this age, this this British group. Uh, Callum Turner is another one. Uh, I, I mean, um, Jack O'Connell. Yep. There's, there's all these actors that I think are... They're the next echelon. Right. That he, so, you know, like I agree with you. I think he's an outstanding actor, but definitely mm-hmm. not a household name. And, no. and that's usually what they do, or I mean, usually, but like that's what they have done in the past is these great actors who have some work, some really great work, uh, but aren't exactly household names. And then they turn yes. them into James Bond. So I, I could see somebody like him over one of these like very obvious Henry Cavill or, you know, yeah. one of the yeah. huge stars. Anyway, okay, so back to what. Wolf. Yeah, he's getting his chops, you know what I mean? Because, uh, I mean, he did that movie with Vigo, uh, Captain Fantastic. Yep, he fantastic, did a 1917, which was incredible. Right, incredible yeah. Film. Cleaned up at the and, awards. 
Yeah, exactly. And now he does this film where he's a guy that thinks that he's like kind of he's born in the wrong body, that he's really a wolf and that he should be out in the wild, you know, essentially like wow. living in nature and everything. So he is sent to this kind of bit behavioral correctional facility where it's uh, Patty Constantine plays uh, a character named the zookeeper who is there to correct their behavior and everything. And it gets to almost these like Yorgos Lanthimos, like the lobster like right. levels of absurdity, but still rooted in drama. There's no dark comedy to this. It's just very much rooted in drama. So it was really an interesting parallel in my mind as I'm watching this, and I really enjoyed it. Okay, fantastic. The trailer sounds very intense. Uh, this is super interesting to me. Brian Wilson, The Long Promised Road. Brian just threw away the rule book, just took you out of where you were and took you to another place. There was no greater world created in rock and roll than the Beach Boys. The level of musicianship, I don't think anybody's touched it yet. To dream up these textures that never existed before. That's why people say Brian's a genius. You know, the rooftop is down. The story begins. I'm picking up. Okay, and not to turn it into a movie conversation about music, but one mm-hmm. of the reasons I'm so excited about this is I, f- I hope that Brian Wilson finally, and I mean, I know maybe he already has, but not in my mind, that he finally gets his due, you know, because you sort of compare and contrast this to like the Beatles that everyone is talking yeah. about, but it's mm-hmm. br- like Brian Wilson, and they even say in there, the level of musicianship, it's, it's groundbreaking, uh, absolutely and it was kind of neat to have this as like the chaser for get back right um and and having this extra well like connected thing too because you know brian wilson if brian wilson doesn't get jealous by hearing rubber rubber soul then he doesn't make pet sounds and then the beatles don't make sergeant pepper's Lonely right. Club band so it's, it's it all lends to its to each other but i mean different than get back where it, you know you're on a fly on the wall for almost eight hours uh this is is kind of him now taking like this journey through his past with uh with a close friend of his uh former rolling stone writer jason fine and uh basically going to landmarks and and houses that that he frequented in california and everything and just reminiscing about it uh and i mean you see an incredible probably the greatest songwriter ever i totally Um, agree I, I mean, Ryan's uh, nodding uh, along. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, a guy that 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 mastered his sound through his meticulousness. And I mean, everyone was jealous of Brian Wilson. I mean, even, and, you know, like we're doing this uh, compare and contrast between uh, this and get back and the Beach Boys mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and the Beatles. And, you know, like uh, it's this famous quote that's been overplayed. But like Paul McCartney said, God only knows is like the greatest song. Like even Paul McCartney was jealous of Brian Wilson. It just mm-hmm. I'm so into that. And yeah. I just wish that there was the reverence and the Twitter trending and all of that for this that we've seen over the last few weeks for Get Back. Especially like what it would mean to, for to for Brian to hear that he still resonates still. Oh, yeah. Like the, those the albums still resonate because uh, I mean, a lot of his peers still say it. I mean, a lot of his peers appear in this movie. I mean, Elton John's in it. Uh, Taylor Hawkins, like there's so many different people in it. I mean, even uh, I think it's Nick Jonas is in it. Okay. Yeah. And 
I mean, to a degree, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, think well, you the see how far the, the influence Brothers. goes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Cool. Okay, looking forward to that. Uh, let's uh, switch lanes here a little bit. Uh, new for home release, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. He's just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen oh. it. It's like on my that and Black Widow are both on my list because I'm just and this is what I want to ask you. I'm taking mm-hmm. like a, a I'm a huge Marvel guy. I love the comic books thing, but sure. I just am taking a little hiatus because that feels like all I've done. You know, there's mm-hmm. just so much of it. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's it's hard. Sometimes it's hard not to get jaded <laughs> when, right. when you're getting inundated with a lot of this stuff. Um, but I don't know. Marvel has been really mostly consistent to me. Certainly. And, yeah. and, and uh, I like the TV stuff that they've been doing as well. Uh, and I like that each movie tries to take on to varying degrees that tries to take on different genres within itself all the time. And Shang-Chi does the martial arts, the, the Kung Fu film and does it so well, like, but, and still adds like that fantastical element to it. I mean, there's a very, for me, a very Jurassic park moment in this movie as mm-hmm. well. I don't want to get into spoilers, or everything, but I mean, this movie has been on Disney plus for a little bit. This, what this, the review this week is to bring it for the geeks, the one on Blu-ray because right. it's out on, on your home, your uh, home entertainment now. Sorry. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I, I do. It's there, right? It's like one of those mm. ones that I want to get to. It's like I, I know it's there, and then we end up looking through something else, or there's something that my wife wants to watch and stuff. We'll definitely get to it. And like everyone I've talked to that's seen it, Ryan gave it a thumbs up as well. Everyone mm. that I've talked to that's seen it says it's fantastic. Okay, let's quickly do one TV show uh, before we got to move on. Money Heist Part Five. No father. Against the ropes. But we're not gonna end up in the morgue. This is our last dance, Fanny. Make it a good one. Right now! A lot of people talking about money heist. Yeah, this is oh, this one that is kind of bubbled up, and it's it's funny because it's it's an international uh, acquiring for for Netflix because it's a Spanish uh, crime series, uh, and yeah, it, it just all of a sudden just picked up steam, and you all of a sudden you see it trending uh, when they started bringing the top tens and everything out. You're like, Money Heist number four. Why have I never heard of this one? So I didn't really hear about it to part three. They're ending here with part five. I believe there might be a spinoff coming or something like that. But uh, so far, they haven't uh, pushed uh, the creator, uh, Alex Pena, to uh, to extend the series yet. And I, I mean, it, it's it's bank heist stuff. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of like series form heat and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you're into that kind of stuff, you're into it, you know, like there's not much that's going to swerve you off of it. Right. And it, but it's dubbed, right. Kind of like squid yeah. game. It's dubbed. Yeah. Well, I don't like watching the dub. I'm a, I, I come Subtitles. from that. 
I, I love I, I'm totally. totally fine with sub subtitles. Like uh, I'm a huge fan of like, like South Korean film and everything, and I can't watch it with the dub. I just can't do it. Oh, uh, we're totally going to get along well, Steve. I, I, <laughs> I, I, we have so much to talk about. This is fantastic. Yes. All right, if you're into the uh, the 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 bank robbery type of stuff, Money Heist Part Five is on Netflix. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.